I'm Riker, and this is Pilot. Batman. Batman. <laughs> That's the intro theme music to Batman. <laughs> Old Batman, even. Yep. Old Adam West Batman, which is not what we're watching today. We are watching Harley Quinn as the next episode in our HBO Max showdown saga to keep or cancel HBO Max. I just learned, uh, because Shmi taught me here, that the DC Universe has a home on HBO Max. That's correct? That's correct. Wow. Um, So I've been confused for my whole life. Ever since Batman, the animated series movie, Mask of the Phantasm. I might have got... the Phantasm is actually the... the... Let me get I'd the, be surprised. Let me get the actual title. Yeah, 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 do. For whatever reason, I feel like the word phantasm is an adult word and makes me feel like it's probably not the word you're looking well, for. Well, it was a pretty adult series. Maybe, yeah. I mean, this this was, uh, you know, Harley Quinn, the HBO show, was uh, a kind of a surprise for me, considering how adult it was. Raunchy. That was really raunchy. Raunchy. Batman, Mask of the Phantasm in 1993. It is phantasm. Yeah, that was... Mask of the Phantasm. I, I didn't realize it was the Phantasm. Well, there you go. So I remember seeing that uh, at Blockbuster when I was like three, four, and seeing a Batman movie. Uh, I guess it was a animated series, Batman the Animated Series. came out in 1992, ran for four seasons, um, which was the legendary Batman series that we grew up with, that all the millennials remember that they grew up with, except yeah. for you because you didn't watch TV. Uh, I was always a Marvel girl when I did watch comic stuff, so I watched X-Men, the animated series, not not mm. Batman. Uh, I remember watching X-Men. Uh, I didn't remember that there was even a Superman show until years later I found out about that. I don't think we watched that yeah, one Yeah, I would have never watched that. My cousins and I love the Batman animated series. I do remember that, and I remember appreciating the quality even back then and as an adult learning that it was it's the legendary you know it's a mature show but it's quality wise really was an impressive feat so what i'm understanding now because i'm trying to piece together based on remembering that movie remembering the sub-zero movie with batman and mr freeze uh, and a couple of the others that related back to the animated series that they had movies of uh, this is all under the governorship of a guy named Bruce Tim, who I understand created Batman the Animated Series. This is new information to me, so nerds, please write in with the correct answers. Uh, and apologies <laughs> for areas where I'm wrong. Um, but there's always been a, a movie subverse, basically. That's the DC animated movie universe. Yeah. Mostly under the governorship of this guy, Bruce Tim. This is where Mark Hamill has famously played the voice of the Joker, 14 times and has played him for years and more than any other actor. So this is connected. Harley Quinn is connected to that. And it seems that they're now going to be expanding even more on the animated movie universe. And I thought it was fun. I could be off on this a little bit, but it seems that Harley Quinn, uh, the character from the comic book and the TV show, uh, when she was like a, a jester, mm-hmm. 
because she was the Joker's girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, they are merging that with either the modern movie universe or maybe she's been updated in the comic universe too. I'm not sure. So that I would the, imagine so, yeah. Yeah, so that the Jester version is now the modern version that we're used to seeing of Harley Quinn in popular media. Absolutely. Definitely. All very interesting to me. Um, let's, uh, if you don't mind... Uh, we have to hit the uh, portion of our show in which we are judgmental about the streaming platform we watched it on. Yeah, absolutely. So let's do that, and then we'll jump in to our review. HBO Max describes the series Harley Quinn accordingly. The newly single Harley Quinn sets off to make it on her own in Gotham City. Our episode description for this episode. Season 1, Episode 1, Till Death Do Us Part. Harley Quinn is fed up being the Joker's sidekick and strikes out on her own, determined to become the criminal queenpin of Gotham City. Couch points awarded or deducted from HBO Max. Um, it wasn't ambiguous and it was to the point. It did feel more like a series description than an episode description. So I won't like penalize it for that by any means because I still get the gist. But uh, I feel like it could have been more specific. So 40 couch points? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. I could I could uh, comply uh, with plus 40 couch points. It was, it was sufficient. Yeah, absolutely. Sufficient. Yeah. Wasn't anything too stupid or obnoxious or arbitrary. So yeah. that's nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it was funny because I was reading the um, IMDb description, or sorry, the Wikipedia description of it. And it was like, part of it was Ivy breaks, you know, breaks out Harley Quinn during a prison break. And it's like, breaks her out during a prison break. Who's writing this shit? Right. <laughs> yeah, HBO Max needs one more staffer. Like just one uh, copyright guy. Yeah. Yeah. He says, yeah, I come in my write all the descriptions. Could you ever imagine meeting that guy? I would love to meet the guy who, when you say, what do you do for work, says, I write the descriptions. Yeah. It's like the person who picks the uh, naming for colors. Yeah. But on some of these platforms, uh, it's like, uh, I write the descriptions and do the janitorial <laughs> and get the coffee. <laughs> it could be. It could be. There are four of us, and we work in Bruce Tim's basement. These extra jobs, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, genre. This one, to me, seems to be an easy one. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, DC Comics, I mean, to be pretty, like, on the nose, I guess. Um, they're a bit darker in nature than Marvel, so I feel like that really came, like, they really leaned into that for this um, and gave us, like, an adult taste of the comic world. Um, which, I, I mean, I feel like comics were really made for adults anyways, despite kids being into them. Or, like, mature teens. Right, exactly. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's funny, it's very humorous, and it's very tongue-in-cheek. Um, it, you know, I, I gotta be, say I was surprised, and I'm, I'm not a- offended, um, or that easily offended, but I was struck by how <laughs> vulgar it was. <laughs> And I yeah. and this is coming from somebody who's never in my whole life made the connection between adult and cartoon. Like cartoon to me by its very existence is a kid thing. 
You know, it's Looney Tunes. Oh, I know that. <laughs> I know that's how you feel about that. <laughs> so it, it baffles me to no end that somebody looks at a cartoon and says, ah, yes, this is what I want. And I think, no, I want production values and actors. And, um, you know, when I see Harley Quinn's butt in her spandex little shorts, I want it to be an actual girl in there and not a cartoon, which she's still pretty sexy, but I don't know how I feel about that. And I don't want to have to ask myself how I feel about that. Yeah, but Kaylee Cuoco. She's yeah. so great, and she's so sassy in it. She's just so her. She was well cast because she mm-hmm. was so her, right? And mm-hmm. we said in our review of The Flight Attendant yeah. that she's such an girl-next-door type, such an Absolutely. everyday girl who, you know, you see at the bar, who who hangs out with dudes well, who appreciates that everybody's attracted to her but doesn't make you feel bad about it, and then can knack a few back. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I feel like that's her brand, and I feel like that's who she is in here. Yeah. I agree, definitely. I mean, she takes roles that really promote her and her career, very well, mm-hmm. uh, but but doesn't take herself like roles that aren't that don't make her too serious. Like she Absolutely. doesn't lose her um, relatability. Appeal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really feel like it's it keeps her in the um, nerd appeal camp, though. So anyone who really like loved Big Bang Theory kind of has an association with her to nerd culture already, even though. Like, let's be honest, all all real nerds hate Big Bang Theory. <laughs> They're like, real nerds aren't like that. That's just not how we are. Yeah, but with, like, I love that they're Trekkies. Yeah. You know, I love seeing them going to the convention. And, oh, yeah. And I love all this, the Star Trek in, in jokes, you know. Yeah. I love seeing Brent Spiner in it when he shows That's up true. and says uh, to Will Wheaton, um, saying hey look an action figure he said i haven't seen one of these in years remember how we used to pose them to make them look like they were jerking off <laughs> and he tears into um sheldon's collectible uh like will wheaton action figure yeah. or whatever, wesley crusher action figure that was signed after they had just buried the hatchet and now he suddenly hates brent spiner forever and has a grudge against him you see stuff like that and it's like oh this is this is like nerd humor on how regular people see me. Yeah. And I get to appreciate all the little jokes that are planted here for me while they're making fun of me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, not everyone appreciates that. And not everyone, I think, understands that um, comedy is kind of satirical. They go over the top. So obviously you're not like that. It wouldn't be funny if it was just speculating how you actually are. It's got to mm-hmm. be a caricature of, of you know, your personality, your mannerisms your habits totally but smart it's a smart brand for her to either embrace or mm-hmm. continue with and oh yeah and something tells me that she's a serious actress serious professional running her business in a serious way all that being oh, yeah. true but still enjoys having a good time and doesn't you know like i think we can expect weightier roles from her over the years um and i think she's gonna but she's gonna work she's going to be making money on her brand forever because she she knows who her audience is mm-hmm. and embraces it in yeah. my opinion so when you can say yeah when you could say hey you can cast me in any you know the the hot relatable sassy chick in anything that you know that nerd guys might like she'll be employed that. for a long time yeah <laughs> absolutely um while we're in genre still i did want to say i 
I didn't realize it as much the first watch through, I think, but they really do position themselves as like the villains kind of being the anti-heroes in this. Um, I don't know if you noticed. Well, no, you definitely noticed in the uh, yacht when we first come into the yacht scene and there, she and Joker are, you know, robbing the yacht and it's a bunch of rich white guys. And literally, the you know, rich white guy says, hey, whiteys, you know, we take all the money from the poor and that's what Harley Quinn and Joker are breaking up. So like... Yeah, they're still awful bad guys, but at the same time, it's you feel, I guess, a bit of empathy for them because they're breaking up already bad guys. It's not like they're, you know, hurting a family or someone innocent. They're just screwing over the assholes. <laughs> they're not the elite top 1% ruling class. Exactly. They're, uh, you know, they look at themselves as, as uh, robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. But in this case, they're the they're poor. They're the poor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's almost Robin Hood if Robin Hood just kind of kept it instead of distributing that Yeah, it was that a wealth. selfish asshole. Yeah, ex- exactly. So kind of not like it at all, but a little bit. So that's broken up. That's our first scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the like the naval guy or the, the captain of the yacht who says, my fellow whites. Mm-hmm. And I said to you, did you just say my fellow whites? <laughs> I sure did. And, and you're I like, look, whoa. <laughs> yeah, and I looked at it to see what are they wearing. And, and it was, so yeah, it was like, offensive out of the gate and then raunchier and raunchier <laughs> and every other was, was motherfuckers listen the fuck to me you fucking piece of shit and it was like oh my god this is a cartoon it is yeah. this is a children's show <laughs> it's not it's really really not <laughs> and then that's broken up by batman uh as joker throughout the scene mansplains everything to harley quinn it's very much a you know, cartoon for the times uh, in which he's mansplaining. You're the appetizer. I'm the main dish. Um, comments like that that he keeps making to her. She's just the foil. She's the piece of the uh, arm candy. Yeah. She's just an ornament Ugh. Uh, in Joker's, you know, gimmick. Yeah, absolutely. As he creates situations to be broken apart by Batman because that seems to be kind of his brand. Mm-hmm. It's the him and Batman thing. It's Batman, the brooding serious guy and the hilarious Joker. Yeah. And it's funny because it, it is kind of not quite a love story, but like a, a relationship story between those two. Like he's obsessed with him. Yeah. He's obsessed with Batman. Um, do you have anything else to say on genre? I feel like we're kind of starting to get into characters. Great timing. Uh, Oh, you know what? I guess I didn't comment on it because you said it. Uh, DC Universe. I, I specifically wrote DC AMU, which is the uh, DC Animated Movie Universe. Yeah. And if I had to expand on that to a to a noob, I would say it's a comic book uh, adaptation crime series yeah. in which we are uh, focusing on the villains. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's a clear pass. They pass. Ide- they define themselves very quickly, but it's also very familiar. It is, yeah. Because it's in that language of the animated series, which has been around since 1992. So this has been with us our whole lives. Definitely. All right. So as we're careening into characters, we started talking about Harley, started talking about Joker, started talking about Batman. Obviously, yep. Harley's the uh, main dish here, even though Joker would think otherwise. Um, should we expand Sure. I guess we have to. Yeah, um, that's, that's what we came here to do. Yeah. No, I didn't know if we'd had <laughs> hit enough, but we hit enough kind of establishing her. And then in the series, what we get is uh, in that initial bust, uh, 
Joker throws Harley under the bus, escapes. He always uses her as the distraction to fight Batman or whatever so he can escape. He gets away. She gets arrested. Batman takes her to Commissioner Gordon, and this begins a series of everybody saying to her, what do you see in that guy? Yeah, absolutely, because he somehow makes it seem like she does all of the, like, takes all of the hits for them out of love. Like, that means that they're soulmates, and it's dark and twisted, but, like, there are a lot of people who feel like the Joker and Harley Quinn have the ideal love life. And it's like, ugh, that is like the very <laughs> definition of toxicity. In I was going to say total toxic couple that everybody's known at a point in time. I knew a couple once and I won't name any names. <laughs> that was such a drunk. Uh, I mean, the guy had some a really serious sort of alcoholism yeah. that I've never seen where he would, he would get drunk, get drunker and drunker, uh, be totally unmanageable. He, we were picking him up off of, this is my restaurant group of people that I hung out yeah. with at a period of time. And he would come into the restaurant all the time, fall asleep at the table. Um, <laughs> I remember we picked him up once and he, he fell asleep in his, on his patio chair and peed on himself. Oh my, that's, that's a different level of drunk. Yeah. And everybody just sort of laughed it off. Like it was like, it was just a sort of charming lunacy, but it was, and then he had this girlfriend that was always getting dragged down. It was a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, you know, you think of toxic relationship dynamics Yeah. where like, what do we miss in here? Like if, if you were to not have this anymore, what would anybody be missing out on? Okay. And then he keeps pulling her back in in the show. Joker keeps pulling her back in with the, as soon as she's ready to leave again, it's the, no, nothing can tear our love apart. Yeah. Right? And lines that you hear crazy guys use. Oh, I've had multiple of those lines used on me in breakups and it's horrifying especially the amount of times it works like honestly oh. the multiple times you have to try to break up with a person before it actually lands oh god it, it definitely hit home a little bit in like a way that is just kind of yucky yeah yeah totally so uh she goes to prison uh joker says i will i will bust you out in a day well maybe not tonight because i got something going on tonight but i'll get you out of there she spends before a, breakfast <laughs> spends a year in prison in the end with uh uh, poison Ivy. Oh, it's a co-ed prison. Poison yeah. Ivy. <laughs> oh, I hadn't even... Well, because it's Arkham Asylum. There you go. Which has yeah. always been co-ed, um, to, to our knowledge. <laughs> it's just fictional, so it's whatever Fiction. we want exactly, to Exactly, exactly. I've never, you know, heard a version of it where it wasn't, right. though. Um, yeah, absolutely. And he made, so you've, you've got the Riddler in there, um, in addition to Poison Ivy. Yep. And like you were saying, they constantly, you know, what do you see in this guy? He's not coming to get you, you know? Yeah. Um, and she just, she, every single day just kept holding out hope like, oh, he's going to come back. And they go, you know, he's not coming. Well, that's what you think. And then everyone in the prison, he's not coming. <laughs> that's what we all think. <laughs> yeah. And, and she so, says that's just one person's opinion. Yeah. And they all say he's not coming. Exactly. Or he doesn't love you or whatever it is. And she says, I'm sorry, this is one of my quotes on my You're quote good. card. She says, um, how the fuck do you know? You're all fucking insane. Exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, and it was great. It was so like. Yes, it was very vulgar, um, but at the same time, it was hilarious and exactly what the situation seemed mm. like it called. But like, it just felt great. It felt natural. It felt good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene. Well, let's jump to uh, Poison Ivy and the Riddler in yeah. conjunction. The Riddler. So actually, wait, 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 there's another scene that I remembered. When she's waiting at the phone booth for mm-hmm. Joker to come in and talk to her and he doesn't come. Yeah. Because uh, he ain't coming. Because he ain't coming. <laughs> and... Uh, she there's some oh calendar man who's a side character 
who I'm not familiar with with any Yeah, comments. I didn't. I was like, who is that? Yeah. Uh, she, Poison Ivy says, how long she been in here? It goes, 183 days. And then we cut to Calendar Man's family visiting with him on the phone together. And she goes, great. Oh, yeah, you can remember the hot psychopaths uh, exact incarceration date. We can't remember your son's birthday. Yeah, that was funny. The son says, it's okay, Dad. I bought you this cactus to just as a token for, you know, to help get you through. And the the security guards knock it out of his hand and light it on fire. He says, "Um, no plant with it. No plant life within 50 miles of poison ivy, you moron. Oh, yeah. That'd be (laughs) hard to keep down. And the other... Uh, security guard says, no wonder your dad doesn't remember your birthday. Oh, <laughs> just, right. a weird, just a weird petty scene of, of these security guards bullying this <laughs> poor kid whose dad doesn't love him, who's in prison. Yeah, right. It yeah. almost had like a an Archer feel to it there. Right. Uh, okay, so Riddler eats a uh, orange seed and poops it out. And yeah. Poison Ivy uses that to take over Arkham Island with plant life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they break out. Harley Quinn doesn't even want to go because she wants to wait for the Riddler to co- yeah, or the absolutely. Joker to come get her. Uh, they pull her out of there anyway, take her to Poison Ivy's apartment. Um, and there was, I didn't know that Harley Quinn's character, I don't know anything about Harley Quinn's character and I don't remember her from the animated series. Okay. Yeah, I didn't either. I, I don't remember her from when I was a kid. I've looked her up since the movies have come mm-hmm. out. The uh, Birds of Prey and the other one, the uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah. So, and I just... I had no memory of, of her character. Uh, Same. And I realize now she was in it, but whatever. So uh, she is in Poison Ivy's place. Mm-hmm. And, oh, this is what I was saying. I didn't know that she was supposedly a therapist or a psychiatrist yeah. mm-hmm. before Joker dropped her in a vat of acid that made her a badass. Yeah, she was the counselor for the Joker specifically. Like, she oh, went okay. into the inmates, you know, the criminally insane um, and worked with them. So, you know, in this episode, um, Poison Ivy, voiced by Lake Bell, um, was saying how she was the only therapist that got through to her um, and that she really needs to kind of embrace that intelligent part of her, that she's her own person. And, you know, you were great before him. It's not something that he made you, uh, referring to the Joker, of course. I didn't understand that because I didn't understand she was an Arkham Island therapist. So that's uh, psychiatrist. So that's helpful. Yeah. And she says, you're the only person who... She said, remember how you diagnosed me? And she said, oh, yeah, classic this issue and that issue. And since you hate people because you're abandonment issues, yeah. you connect with plants instead. And she goes, yeah, now I can nearly tolerate people. Like, I hate them, but I can do it. Oh, yeah. Frank, so, by the way. <laughs> the plant, the mm-hmm. talking. Yeah. He's like, classic you. Nailed it, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so she does a clever thing. And I kind of missed what exactly it was. Anyway, cartoon stuff yeah. happens. And she holds up a picture of her and her mom. Oh yeah. Uh, who was also a psychiatrist, I guess. Or was that her when she used to be a psychiatrist? I think it was just her when she used to be. There one. you go. So her as a psychiatrist before she became Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. one Harley Quinn, um, she says, all right, well, here's a case that you need to help me diagnose. And she presents the, the, um, circumstances of that particular case and she goes oh yeah classic you know abusive relationship blah 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 and illustrates her relationship which was a trick it was really her relationship that we're talking about Mm -hmm. um and i mean it's cartoonish but i thought it was clever yeah and she says and she realizes oh wow you put it together you're pretty smart she goes of course i am i'm you yeah 
So when she puts it that way, Poison Ivy has a way of presenting it to her that gets through to her that you are in a totally toxic relationship and you need to step out and, and uh, break it off and uh, choose yourself, girl. Yeah, absolutely. And so she goes from there to go break up with him and it does not go well. Um, that's, of course, when she goes and tells him that she's breaking up with him and then he somehow convinces her that they're getting back together and it's somehow her idea. Mm-hmm. It's mainly that he did not want to be broken up with. He kind of has to have the last. Exactly. He has to be the one with all of the power. Right. And that's, you know, obviously the, the problem with their relationship ongoing. Anytime she has a choice in something, he hates it. Even down to the choice of movie, you know, which Reese Witherspoon movie. <laughs> he wants Legally Blonde. Well, she's got Sweet Home Alabama. This day sucks. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, even by evil comic book villain standards, he's pretty bad in this. Yeah. You know, he's downright awful. Deplorable. Deplorable, yeah. He's um, really... Well, he's just a, a terrible man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. So he's terrible and abusive to this woman. Yeah. Who is totally crazy in love with him, and he knows it and uses it to manipulate her. And yeah. he doesn't give a shit because it doesn't matter. So he's a bad guy, and not even in the way you were thinking. Yeah. Um, and all right, so what we end up with, I'm just going to jump forward because I don't think it's really that complex of a plot. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, sh- the Riddler has a joke that it's so hilarious, people's heads are exploding. Yeah. So damn funny that people's heads are exploding, and he's getting a lot of press about it, and the Joker's super jealous about it. Mm-hmm. So Harley Quinn, uh, le- when they're back together, uh, and she leaves to go kill the Riddler so that they can have a date night and have sex. Yeah. And uh, Batman shows up at the same time, which is very inconvenient. Riddler puts him in these bubbles, these yeah, little floating bubbles. Yeah, globes. That, globes, yeah. He's going to drop them into acid, but not the fun, <laughs> give you magical powers type, the eat through your skin and destroy you type. Uh, and Joker's brought in and realizes there's no actual hilarious killing joke because the killing joke is sort of Joker's thing. Yeah. Um, there's none of that. This was just a big ruse. Uh, and then he gets the choice between saving Batman's life or saving Harley Quinn's life, which should be a no-brainer since Batman is his arch nemesis. Yeah, one uh, would think. And then he says, save the bat, dump the broad. Yeah. Or save the bat, kill the broad. Did you catch what he said? I think it was kill the broad. Yeah. Uh, and well, that's a shocker. So she's dropped into the vat of acid. Uh, we get her life pass- passes before her eyes, which is her whole relationship with the Joker. Uh, and then Poison Ivy's talking to her, or she's talking to herself. She's talking to herself, yeah. or counselor self, like mm-hmm. the one in the picture. Um, and realizes, yeah, he doesn't love you. Like everybody's mm-hmm. right, he super doesn't love you. In fact, that time that he said till death do us part, she's got this whole visual of the time that he presented a ring until death do us part. It was actually a grenade that he was handing off as he was using her as a body shield. And he wasn't saying till death do us part to her. He was saying it <gasps> to Batman because he's never really loved her. He just loves Batman. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't get the sense that that was a homoerotic thing that we're going to be exploring through no. the series, but that he has one obsession and one love in his life, which is to be the villain to the hero and to torment him. Spoilers. That is correct. Okay. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. Well, and I don't think that they really hint at that. Like, I feel like they do a pretty good job just showing that, yeah, he, he's got, like, it's ruining his life. This guy's a lunatic, and he's dedicating his entire life to Batman. Without Batman, who is he? He, I mean, like, that would be quite an identity crisis after Batman's gone, especially if he's not the one who killed him. Given the tone of the show, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was a homoerotic thing. yeah. <laughs> I could see that. If the tone was a little bit, if it played it a little bit different, I could, uh, I would have, you know, took it as exactly what they were saying. He's got one love, and that's uh, his obsession with tormenting Batman. Yeah. But, you know, it's not that kind of show. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, what do we think of our characters? What do we think? And what do we think of our characters contrasted against our expectation of these characters that we've been seeing over and over again through the years? Um, I like that question a lot, especially because I'm realizing we barely hit on somebody that I feel like that's... Poison Ivy. Um, well, I was going to say Jim Gordon, actually. Oh, okay. um, in this, he's kind of a pathetic drunk. Um, you know, we find out that his um, former partner was, I believe, paralyzed by the Joker. And so he's wanting some revenge there, but he's like a lonely, pathetic guy. Like, you know, when we're, um, we come in on him, you know, doing the bat signal for Batman. Um, and he just, as he's turning it on, turning it off, he goes, everything lives, everything dies. And then, you know, Batman shows up. He's like, I wasn't playing with it. And it's like, okay, so like, we're not supposed to take you seriously as a capable cop. Like in the movies and everything else I've seen him in, Jim Gordon is, you know, a very capable cop, and he's what the police force should be, and he's really what would shape up Gotham City. But, I mean, <laughs> this is not the Jim Gordon that's going to do any of that, or the Batman that's going to do any of that. Uh, you, you actually, before we before I respond to that, yeah. I want to note that, as I was saying, what do we think of our character? We, we didn't even get to the twist at the end of this, so oh, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I failed at completing the episode description. Sure. So we've got to go back to talk about that. Um, you're right. I, I actually didn't piece together what was going on with Jim Gordon, and he was irrelevant of enough, excuse me, irrelevant enough of a side character, uh, as was Batman to a degree, um, that I didn't, I don't have a place for him yet. Yeah. Uh, so you're right. Your description of him was correct. I didn't know if he was somebody who's not to be taken seriously. I couldn't tell if he was clownish. Uh, I was, I, I did get the sense that he's, he's at his wits end here. Mm -hmm. and he's, obviously, he's having a rough time. Yeah. So I don't know if, if that's the character from the show. I don't know if there's more to explore about that or if he's just a uh, uh, defeated, degenerate cop. Sure. Okay. So you had said that Poison Ivy was the person that came to your mind. Tell me more about that. Well, I, I guess I that's shortly after I said that I realized, oh, I didn't finish the description here okay. of the episode. Um, when she's coming out of her montage of her life flashing before her mm -hmm. eyes, uh, a hand reaches in to the vat of acid. I'm half expecting it to be Batman. Uh, Poison Ivy pulls her out mm -hmm. and tells us that, Are, have you seen enough yet? The guy doesn't love you. I had to orchestrate this entire ruse. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't really acid. It was margarita mix. Yes. Um, and here's the quote. Let me find the quote. Yeah, because they had to come up with what? Was it 150 or 300 gallons of margarita mix? That to was make 160. This happen? 100 okay. A lot. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. She said the hardest part of the whole thing was finding all that shit. Yeah. Enough of that shit. Uh, the quote that I wrote down was was like, this is parts a uh, paraphrase where she's saying, I actually really care about you mm -hmm. and it means a lot to me that you 
like move on with your life. Yeah. Which is why I spent my entire Saturday doing something so fucking stupid. <laughs> I was orchestrating this fake thing. Yeah. So there was no killing joke. There was no choice. She just wanted to demonstrate uh, that Joker Super actually really doesn't love you, um, which she becomes a very important character here. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, there's a there's definitely a girl power, you know, I would say post Me Too era put a focus on strong women, very deliberate. Um, yeah, female empowerment. Yeah, female empowerment and men are trash. I feel like there's a very deliberate uh, sense of that in the show. And not all, all throughout. I mean, throughout I think because Joker's very specific because I don't think it's all men in No, you're show. right. I was thinking of Commissioner Gordon being a, a loser now. And I yeah. thought, well, you still got Batman. So that was an unfair mm-hmm. statement. I take it back. Um, yeah, you don't know how the villains are aside from uh, the Joker. <laughs> good point. The male vin- villains. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll dial that back. Um, Joker's trash. The other, you know, Gordon's mm-hmm. going through a hard time. Uh, that's as much as I caught about that right now. And Batman seems to be Batman as ever. Uh, now, the, but there is the uh, girl power aspect to the show. Which Definitely. is... I don't know. Maybe this is what uh, Birds of Prey was supposed to be. I didn't see it, but neither did anybody I haven't, else. <laughs> yeah, I saw the I saw Suicide Squad, but I I have been meaning to get around to Birds of Prey. I just don't do movies. Yeah. Uh, well, after uh, Poison Ivy reveals it and and demonstrates herself as a very trusted confidant and girlfriend to. Harley Quinn. Yes. Uh, Harley Quinn makes her transition. She says, and you could lose the getup. Like, you're no longer the Joker's girlfriend. And that's yeah. her whole thing. I, I want to be my own person, my own villain. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my own capers. Yes. I'm going to send the, the mayor to the moon and a rocket unless he names a highway after me. Okay, I'm still workshopping that one. Oh, I really liked that. That was cute. <laughs> uh, and what we have here is this sort of, you know, Laverne and Shirley thing where they seem to be roommates now, uh, which is... A fun, weird dynamic you wouldn't expect the the roommate story. Yeah, and then Makes she sense. goes off to break up with Joker and disrupt his life in the model that we expect to see her in now, with the pigtails and the short shorts and the bat. Yeah. So she's made that transition. Uh, I can't. What? How did it end? Um. So she ended up going back to um Joker's to uh, finally break up with him in her new getup. And I, you know, she was kicking ass with her hammer that was taken away from her, and they started throwing like um, explosives at her that kind of stick to things. Um, she, you know, acquires a baseball bat because whacking things is kind of her specialty, it seems. And that's her thing from the movies. Mm-hmm. So now we've made the full character transition. Well, and I think it was from the comics as well. Oh, I mean, the, that's the modern oh, gotcha, gotcha. expression. I see of what her. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because she moves from ham. Mm, I see what you're saying. Yeah. They, there was a moment where. Like, they created a moment of this is where she acquires the bat. Yep. You know, sun shines through, and we get a little sound effect. Bring, like, yeah, and she's like, all it. right, this will do. Right. Yeah. Um, so she goes through and, um, you know, ends up using the explosives that they're throwing at her to her advantage and takes down Joker's lair. Like, that thing is completely down to the last wall, fallen over, um, you know, and... Ivy shows up, you know, and says, hey, I was just going to come in to see if you needed any help, but it looks like you got it. Um, you know, and I think that's more or less how it ends, that it, you know, they kind of walk off and I've, I've got all my own capers. I'm, you know, I'm going to be my own person. Join us next week on <laughs> Harley Quinn. 
Harley Quinn. Yeah, and she says Harley to Quinn. um, har- or to sorry, she says to the Joker, "I want to see the look on your face when I'm running this town." Oh right, she gives the thing to Joker, saying, "I'm gonna be, I'm the top bitch in town now," and he says, "Actually, this was earlier, uh, but somebody was saying, uh, how." He says, "Who else, who's funnier than me? And somebody says, one of his henchmen says, Harley Quinn. Oh, yes. And he shoots him and says, no, Stan, women aren't funny. Thank you. <laughs> that was on my list as well. Crossing it off. And it wasn't even an answer to Joker's question. He was just saying, no, there's Harley Quinn's right here. She's yeah. behind you. She just walked in. <laughs> oh, I hear. I wouldn't dare to suggest such a thing. <laughs> um, Really quick. Uh, I wanted to mention it when you were talking about Ivy Singh. I actually thought this was what you were going to mention, but uh, when they were talking about acquiring the margarita mix and had mentioned what quantity of margarita mix, you know, she's like, I had to drive around. Do you know how difficult it was to come up with this much of this shit? And Riddler's kind of walking off. He's like, I told you, just get a Costco membership. And she's like, it wouldn't be worth it. I only go once a year. And it's great because that's everyone's plight with, do I get a Costco membership? Because you go in once and you spend $300. You can't get out of the door out, you know, under 200 for sure. I'm living through it right now. Do you have a Costco membership? Well, no, I kind of. I have a card that I need to go set up at any <laughs> point in time that my mom sort of twisted my arm. She didn't uh, say it strongly. I could yeah. make my own choices. But. <laughs> But Discord sort of gave me this uh, unwinnable position of, well, I'd really like to get a Costco membership. Your mom's a listener. I know. And I'd okay. really like you to share it with me. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, oh. I don't. I'm not going to go. Like, I don't. I'm not going to go. It's worth at it. At least it's all the shopping. Like, I don't want to lose access to it. She's got access to it. So, fine. Fuck it. Let's just go haves and haves on it. And then Elise was mad at me. So, well, why'd you go with your mom when you should? <laughs> She's not a listener. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> She says, why'd you go in halves with your mom when we should have gone in halves? I thought, well, why don't we just add you to it? She says, oh, is that how it works? And I thought, I think. Yeah, you just add people. Yeah, they, like they want more people. Because she said, well, what if I'm no longer at my mom's Costco? I thought, I've been at my dad's for 10 years. And he just did, let it elapse. Um, so so here's the, the constant question about Costco. As much as I love it, I'm not using it. And if I go in there, it's going to cost me $500. I got the answer for you. Go ahead. Okay, so if you don't do the base level membership, so I think the base one is five or sorry, fifty dollars. It's whatever, whatever the next grade is above it. I think it's like a business level, and I think you can have more than the two people. But you get kind of a rebate back for your purchases, so it can pay for itself. And they've got things that are non-food items. So if you buy a hot tub through them, like that's, oh. I mean, you've made your rebate for the year, you know. Um, and there are a lot of items that they just have the best deal on, and that's the only place you can find it. Um, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> but we have that. And that's what my mom kept using that logic to me. She said, I, I got the other one, so it's actually going to be $63. But see, I got the other one because they give you money back. And I thought, no, they give yeah. you money back. No, no, You're no. going to be the account holder. Oh, yeah, I mean it'll just it'll just refund the amount I think that um that you guys spent, and I I'm not positive because I haven't had that level of it. I've been meaning to get it, um, but I think it gives you credit back for purchases. But don't quote me on that. I won't. Thank you. I, I wasn't it. writing down what you were saying. I was just signing my name. <laughs> oh no, I'm just I'm just saying you know, don't throw shade at me for being wrong, and don't don't hold me to that. <laughs> don't throw no shade at me. 
Uh, okay, so characters. What do you like? What do you dislike? And how do they compare to the characters? No, we already talked about that. We already that. talked about that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, is it a pass? It's a pass for me, yeah. I found they were very compelling. They were humorous and flawed. I, I really liked all of those things. Uh, I actually didn't realize how much I liked them, mm-hmm. like how strongly I felt about them until now. Um, because she was great. Harley Quinn's character was actually a great character. I oh, loved yeah. the... I loved the self-diagnosis exercise. Where yeah. we find out she's qualified and actually quite brilliant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I thought Poison Ivy had a fun character that you want to see more of. Uh, that was... She's green now. She used to just dress green. She's yeah. a hot redhead with green like titty shirts that she used to wear back in the day. Not titty shirts. Onesies. Um a monokinis, maybe even. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would it be called? Like a that's what like I'd a unitard. It. Yeah, that's the one that clips at the crotch. <laughs> I don't think it clips at the crotch. <laughs> it's just it's like a swimsuit, basically. All right, she's like wearing a, a monokini. Monokini. Thank you. I'm like I feel yeah. like as a woman, I know, and that's the thing I would call that. <laughs> well, what is like um like a ballerina wear? Oh, that's a leotard. Yeah. But it doesn't. Card. But it doesn't snap in the crotch. So like, I don't know where you're getting that information. They shouldn't snap in the crotch. That would be very uncomfortable to dance in. But there's a thing that does snap in the crotch. Ah, uh, for rodeo, I know that your your shirts can snap in the crotch, so that way you always have it tucked in. Rodeo that's what queen I'm talking tips. About. I don't think it is. No, no, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know you knew about that. Well, I have a girlfriend who wears them occasionally, and I'm always trying to get them unbuttoned. <laughs> she a rodeo queen <laughs> or is this a non-rodeo related no. thing she just has something like it no yeah she just has something it's yeah. just a shirt that clips in the crotch oh okay yeah okay i guess that's what it's called okay. i went somewhere weird with that we're though. all <laughs> we're all it's okay is it a jumper maybe does maybe. that sound like okay well, you know, hey, Which if is, you guys know, pilotsthepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> doesn't have to be about TV. Correct us. We need to uh, be put in place every now and then. We got some hate Back mail check. we could share before we wrap up here. <laughs> yeah. Turns out Farscape nerds are meaner than Trekkies because yeah. they feel like theirs is better than Star Trek. And because they have four seasons of their entire existence to show for it. Yeah, absolutely. Which is funny because we, I feel like we both really liked Farscape, but we didn't love it in the way they loved it. So it, minus points for us, I guess. Yeah. That's okay. Good thing those we're points have everyone. no value and they're not <laughs> redeemable for cash. No kidding. Well, you know, if we annoy you, this just isn't the podcast for you. Yo, I'm not why the be fuck are you, you still listening? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be less me at all. Like, I would like to try, but, you know, I've been trying that my whole life, and it'd be nice to just kick back and not do that. So the woman who said in the Facebook comments, so we shared, what happened was we shared, we're starting to share our uh, episodes out to fan groups on Facebook and such. Yeah. Uh, where we think there might be interest. And somebody <laughs> sure. wrote, somebody wrote, <laughs> hang on, I'll just pull it up now. Yeah, that's the thing While we're in it, we'll do it, and then we'll wrap up our review yeah um all right so linda blank blank linda says listening to the first eight minutes of this podcast was like putting durant oh sorry linda says Listening to the first eight minutes of this podcast was like pulling Dranit teeth. I don't know what that means. Three minutes. That's oh, probably a Farscape alien. <laughs> 
Three minutes of Farscape, five minutes on mindless self-drivel. I will resume the podcast later. Why, Linda? <laughs> Why would you resume it later? <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so here's the thing. When we start an episode, it's kind of like, hey, like, let's check it. Like, it's a warm, you know, we don't do the cold open. We, we warm up to it. The friends are gathering to hang out. You guys are included in that. Yeah, we're just starting a conversation. Like, I'm sorry we're not jumping to it. The thing is, we're not TV experts per se. We don't work in the movie industry. We're here to have a conversation. Uh, not to... With our listeners. Exactly. With you guys. With you with guys. Light, which is why we invite you to participate in the conversation. Yeah. So if we're wrong, please do say so. All right. So Chris writes on our Farscape uh, post. Chris says, I didn't listen to the podcast. This one's this one kills me. I'll connect it all back to, to this line right here. I didn't listen to the podcast. Okay. Wait till the end. We'll come back to that. <laughs> but can answer all these questions. I don't know what questions she's talking about. Oh, Yeah. The intro was weird, yes, at least for the first season, but the third and fourth were much better and awesome. Weird, yes. Cheesy, not. And, I, and what we had said was it has that old TV cheesy by today's standards yeah. intro. Yeah, 90s, but reveal- we should have been more, yeah, I should I have been more specific. Yeah. Um, one, it exceeds expectations and is one of, if not the best sci-fi series. This is coming from a longtime Trekkie and Who fan. Farscape is better. Like all right, that was nobody said it wasn't. We just that's a weird that was a weird absolutist take to have on it. Well, now I really want to know because I definitely put um, I definitely so in reference to which questions the post that oh. you were sharing um says are Luxons similar to Klingons? Are John Crichton and Peter Quill the same man? If uh, if not Earth, where next for our ragtag crew? Oh. And did you keep watching the series past this episode? Click the link below for all of the ways to listen. So, I mean, really, it was just, you know, hey, do you, did you guys take some of the same insights? And people took it very literally, which is kind of a bummer. Like, it's, Which I don't is know. fandom for you. Fandom, and yeah. And that's toxic sci-fi fans for sure. <laughs> and now I understand why I didn't listen to the podcast. Okay. Two, the characters were well introduced. We saw them throughout the series. We saw throughout the series them grow and change, become a unique dysfunctional family. Three, the plot of the series changed as time went on. The ending of the series was not what I expected when it started. The goals of the main characters changed as they, as the need did. Again, it wasn't what I expected in the beginning, but the characters, the stories kept me coming back for more. I had to see what happened next to these characters. Like, okay, geez, fine. Farscape, top fan. I, I wonder I if you had a hard care. time catching it since sci-fi played the whole show out of sequence and weird time intervals. Uh <laughs> I will say, on that note, I was compelled to watch more. I watched more episodes after you left. Yeah. It was good. Four, I have answered this question repeatedly in the previous ones. No, Luxons are not Klingons. John Crichton is a different character from Peter Quinn. It's Peter Quill, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny? I know more about John Crichton than I do Peter Quill. That's <laughs> really <laughs> funny. Yeah, we just it was literally because you couldn't think of a different theme song. There wasn't really a theme song we could do for this. You don't really do the no, 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 no. Like... You, we look for something with lyrics because nobody wants like it all ends up so- sounding the same. It's na 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 na
to take into the show. It was just it was just teaser stuff. It yeah, was just absolutely. It was just the intention of mm-hmm. po- pilots of podcasts is to be a fun show. Yeah, and and I guess what the Farscape fandom here struggled with was. This wasn't made for you. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm struggling with, too. That it's going to be kind of hard to put us on fan pages because we're just dipping our toes in. It's just the pilot episode. We don't know the series as a whole. I'd like to gush where I can just to do some fan service. but Which is why I think Trekkies are a good market for us. Because we have a lot of material. I am one. So I could really push that, which is why the Enterprise push, I felt Mm -hmm. like, went so well. Yeah. Uh, his ability to sense wormholes is questioned as to whether he had this to begin with or got it from the ancients. Aside from this question, his only power was this ability to adapt to his situation, change as needed, and think his way out. Where next for Moya's passengers? Only the stars know. Did we keep watching past the pilot? Already answered that. Not only did we keep watching, we want more of this unique and very satisfying series. Farscape is unique and wonderful, beautifully done by the magical Henson Company. These questions, though reasonable, seem asked in a very condescending and derogatory manner, so <laughs> leaves me with zero interest to listen to this dren. But you didn't listen, so maybe you were wrong about that. <laughs> well, and it kind of made... Like, guys, I'm not a writer. Like, I... I also am not a billionaire, and I'm not making money hey, off of this podcast. HBO Max can't even afford a copywriter. <laughs> really quick, though. <laughs> uh, like, I, I'm not outsourcing any of this. Like, I'm doing this all as not even my day job. So <laughs> I apologize <laughs> that my advertising or marketing was not to your satisfaction. Um, I did really appreciate the series. I don't want to downplay that in any way. You know, in general, I'm a pretty big fan of sci-fi, and I feel like You know, I do appreciate even the campier aspects of it. So, like, I'm sorry to those who may have been offended for it, but please know it's with love. And we gave Farscape a really great, like, score. Uh, You know, the successful score, since we only have two scores and everything else doesn't matter. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, the in in Chris, Chris and Linda are missing a very important point. Mm -hmm. What's that? We have billions, literally billions of listeners which is way more listeners than Farscape ever had viewers. <laughs> oh God. Think about the trouble. exposure that we just brought to their show. Yeah. Not to mention I watched Farscape as a kid. So Farscape was, was a classic show to me too, but they didn't listen to it. So they decided that the tone of your uh, text was, was crude and crass and derogatory. Should I be more blah? Like, or do I need to just say like, no, hey, we're new to this. We're not You did fine. Fans. That's how sci-fi fans are. <laughs> okay. That's why I wasn't all hot bothered. That's why when we discuss it, should we pull it? Because we're not like Farscape super fans. Yeah. I'm more familiar with it than you are. You're, it's fresher in your mind than mm-hmm. it was for me because you just watched five episodes. Um, <laughs> yeah. This, <laughs> this is how nerd fans are. So to, to put it out there and see, ooh, that wasn't a great response. Do we care? Um, there was also 15 likes, you know, other people appreciated yeah, that a podcast, yeah, a podcast that wasn't a Farscape podcast. The noisiest um, ones are always going to be the most negative. Right, honestly. right, right. So it's like, okay, a, a nerdy sci-fi fan was mean because they felt like somebody didn't appreciate their show enough. That's the way that goes. So we decided to leave it out there. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Um, and we can get rid of this, um, but we did get a lot more page likes. Um, And while we didn't get a bunch of Farscape or necessarily Star Trek uh, listens, 
somebody started going through from the very beginning and just kind of binging us. Like, it's stuff from the very be- beginning of our catalog all the way through. So, mm. you know. I wish they started in the middle somewhere. <laughs> well, somewhere after Black Sails. <laughs> uh, Black Sails was really good. And you know what? It takes a while to get used to a rhythm, you know? Like, you and I bullshit all the time, but... You know, when it's just you and I, we're okay cutting each other off because it's not annoying someone else who wants to hear the answer <laughs> at the end of that sentence. Yeah. We're just like, we'll get to it. <laughs> Good point. Uh, okay. So uh, we are looking at the plot of Harley Quinn. Yep. Uh, I'm going to jump in just because I'm talking already. Yeah, And do that. say my expectation is weekly capers with recurring character arcs and relationship drama. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's obviously going to be the Harley uh, versus Joker. Um, you know, I, the flashbacks showing like how she became a supervillain or, you know, like her history with um, the Joker, since I feel like that's where the uh, most of the, at least most of what I know of Harley Quinn comes from that relationship. So I think they'll continue to draw on that well as they have here. Um, and then just that growing camaraderie with Ivy because, you know, female empowerment. 100%. I thought that was clearly established, uh, and I would say that was a successful purple card. (laughs) Plot. Uh, And as for the hook, did this pilot leave you wanting to come back for more? Yeah, for me, absolutely. I really liked the witty tongue-in-cheek humor. Um, For me, it's kind of like um, how Lower Decks was made um, Star Trek really approachable for me as my very first thing. I feel like that could be that way for people who aren't into comic stuff. Like, this is very amusing and kind of is a little tongue-in-cheek about some of the superhero tropes. Um, so I, I really appreciate that and think that it's, you know, there's a lot to love even if you aren't a big superhero fan. Uh, I'm not that interested in continuing. Sure. Um, is somebody, you know, if there was a hook, what would it be? Uh, you know, is, is Harley either a you know, sexy enough character or a compelling enough character to want to keep spending time with her. Like I said, adult cartoons, I get uncomfortable asking the first part of that question. Um, Do I get uncomfortable answering the second part? Is she compelling enough? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's like my expectations aren't that high. It exceeded them. I would say it was super fun. Like I enjoyed the whole time. But what was really bizarre is while I'm not interested not not that i would not that it would pain me to watch the rest of the show yeah i'm just not interested in continuing and i'm not the audience for it admittedly so so was it a successful thing yeah you know what there was a a twist at the end with uh with poison ivy demonstrating that this was uh, a plot to protect her and get her to break up with the joker yeah I gotta say the writing was pretty clever. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and not just the dialogue. The dialogue was witty. Like there was a bunch of points I laughed out loud. Oh yeah, definitely more than I expected for you. Yeah, so I liked it. I mean, I enjoyed it very much. Um, I'm not the audience for it. I don't really care about moving on with it. Uh, what did interest me, which sure. I was very surprised by, was it caused me to finally sort out the uh, DC animated movie universe, what I call the subverse of DC movies, which seem to be, they certainly have a higher Rotten Tomatoes score than DC, you know, uh, live action movies, event movies. Oh yeah. Um, and this Tim verse thing, Bruce, Tim, the executive producer of over the years since, uh, animated series onward, it sounds like there was a period of time he was not in charge of it all. It made me want to go look at some of those other movies. They're really acclaimed ones. It made me want to look at, uh, 
The Killing Joke, uh, Harley Quinn, Batman and Harley Quinn. There's a bunch of the Batman movies. And Batman's the only hero that I really care about because it's the only hero that I cared about as a kid. Yeah, that's my Yeah, that's my favorite. Somebody asked, who's your favorite superhero? Batman. To me, the question is still, because I'm not a uh, comic book guy and I'm not a superhero guy. Who's your favorite superhero? The question has always has never changed to me. That question is the same as asking Batman or Superman, which is an easy one. It's Batman. Yeah, it's never Superman. Whoever likes Superman, I'm sorry. Like, you're wrong. You're just mm, wrong. Members of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, I think. Hmm, I might have he's, to that. he's so pure. Oh, he's he's so he's basically Captain America. There you go. Yeah, it's the yeah. equivalent. So yeah, there's a direct crossover. And then, you know, of course, we've already drawn this connection, but Iron Man and Batman are very similar. They're just yeah. rich men who don't technically have superpowers, but are, you know, doing their own things to fight crime. One has a sense of humor and the other one doesn't. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's about all. <laughs> so. And makes his own stuff. I will say uh, Bruce Wayne outsources all of his inventions. To China. <laughs> I mean, I think from. Wayne Industries does it, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, Iron Man actually, you know, he makes his own shit. Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, well, good for him. Um, <laughs> by Idaho. Um, <laughs> so, it's like his outsourcing at the same and fictional series. To be honest with you, industry in Gotham is garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Can't get it. Nobody wants to work in Gotham. Yeah. It's a trash city. Uh, so... While I'm not interested in watching more of this show, even though I liked it, um, and it's not like I don't want to, it's I'm neutral on it, it makes me want to go watch The Killing Joke and The Death of Superman and the follow-up to that that I've heard of over the years because they, they were so well acclaimed. Yeah. So did it hook me? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Yeah, like I think I'm going to go home and start watching one of those movies now and see what I've been Missing. missing out on ever since I was three years old looking at ba- Batman and the mask of Fa- phantasm at blockbuster for years. I would see that and think, Oh, can we rent it? Please. Can we rent it? I think we did once. And then I wanted to rent it every time. Cause Batman. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think, I think that this would have had um, a lot more appeal to you if it were not such a female empowerment thing. It's not that you are, have anything against female empowerment, but it's not a message you relate to. Um, I'm not the market for it. Exactly. Exactly. So I feel like if it hadn't been for that, you would be completely hooked. And they otherwise did their job of bringing you back to the Gotham universe. Exactly. Because ex- exactly what you said, that, that Lower Decks made Star Trek more accessible to you. Suddenly... I'm finding myself looking for resources to understand the chronology of the Bruce Tim uh, DC animated movie universe. Yeah. Suddenly, I have an uh, an idea of my head of how these things connect and and where they where they fit. Um, and and it did draw me in to the broader universe, which is the intention of it. Nice. And I agree. I mean, you start getting into the um, you start getting into the female empowerment stuff. Where I don't know. I feel like as a as a growing up as a as a boy into a young man into a man in this generation like my whole life I've been told that we're all equal and Mm -hmm. never saw a deviation from from that reality or never believed that was the case and then I feel like you introduce a character like Joker mansplaining and it's like oh so that asshole comes to represent everybody for mansplaining um so well it's just an egregious you know example of it well, it's it's the reason that it sort of pushes you out a little mm-hmm. bit to say I, I I can't relate to what we're talking about here, uh, and then where's Batman? 
<laughs> like, like it's a but isn't it a batman story like batman's in it what do you mean batman's in it and he's not the star of it <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah i get that you're more here for batman yeah but so anyway really interesting kaylee cuoco i love you cool. know the characterization i loved it was colorful it was fun it was very witty so there was there was much to love about it um so hook did it hook me Series-wise, maybe not, but I even give it credit for hooking me into the universe, yeah. which I think was the intention. So still, all still along. a successful pilot, even though it didn't hook you. Bigly. <laughs> Bigly. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's a fun score. I always like ones like this where, you know, it fails or you know doesn't quite do as well in a category that you would have expected for a successful pilot, but mm. it still does it for you. Creates a conversation mm -hmm. by taking you to an unexpected direction. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's all we have on this one. Uh, really quick, though, um, before I forget, I did want to mention that season three is coming up. Um, it'll be either end of 2021 or early 2022. So I'm really stoked about it because this was one I definitely want to continue. Season two was, oh, my gosh, even better than season one. <laughs> it just it oh, keeps getting better. So and I wanted to mention. So thanks for the reminder yeah. that we are having yet another reboot of Batman. Uh, and this one will be played by Robert Pattinson. And that movie's coming out, and I think it was probably delayed through 2020, I think, because I feel like I've been hearing about it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, March 4th, 2022 is the expected release date for the new Batman, which uh, after having been uh, uninterested, like most of the world, in Ben Affleck's version of Batman, um, might be interesting to see a new version of, a, of our favorite brooding basket case hero. Absolutely. I agree. I think uh, that would be interesting. I met Robert Pattinson once. Did you? I said something hilarious. He chuckled. Who? We fell in love. Oh. <laughs> are you the new Kristen Stewart? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm the new Joker. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Not that kind of love. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, okay. Well, thanks for stopping in to listen to us. Yeah, we will be continuing our HBO Max showdown uh, for several episodes to go. So keep an eye on our schedule to see what's coming up next because... Because you know. we keep changing our minds. <laughs> we keep, but it's all HBO, so at least you know, you know you've know, you got the right network for it if that's what you're subscribed to. How do you feel about uh, the showdown so far? Is it compelling you to, other than we have to keep HBO for a while, is yeah. it compelling you to want to stick with it for a while? So far it is. Um, you know, Barry is going to get its, you know, its next season. I think it's season three as well, so... Yeah, there's just a lot to look forward to on it. Um, and I'm not usually a movie person, but, you know, it is home box office and they have a lot of movies that I have been meaning to see or, you know, have want to see again. So I will be doing that and may even, you know, stop in for a Friends we sorry, Friends rewatch. But of course, we already did that. So we're not going to do that for this challenge. <laughs> <laughs> but please keep it in your considerations when considering whether or not to get rid of HBO Max. You know, I'm right now. I'm thinking about going home and watching more DC stuff. Uh, <laughs> Friends? <laughs> no, no, DC stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I and the question becomes, and I'm I'm looking at it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Is it worth the ten dollars a month for the now and then or something that you need to watch? See, I split the membership with Taylor. Uh, my boyfriend and I split this membership, so it's only half the cost of me. So it's. <laughs> It's a lot less of an investment. Well, that's a good point. Um, but 
But your mom show, shares Hulu with you. Do you share HBO with her? Is that something where it's like, oh, I'm saving on one, therefore I'm providing another? And she does the Disney with Hulu. She does Disney with Hulu? I thought so. Isn't that where you watched Mandalorian? Or no, did you no, do that I was buying Disney, oh. which I just dropped Disney again. See ya. Wait, wasn't there a new um, Star Wars on Disney? Bad, yeah, it bad was the batch? Bad Batch, but I realized that after watching the Clone Wars... Uh, that we you know did here and i would be interested in checking out the movie that i also didn't continue with it yeah so you know mandalorian season three will come back and i'll Mm -hmm. buy it again uh and if there's something that catches my attention again i'll stick with it but i saw cruella on there which is Mm -hmm. in theaters now and on disney yeah um for 30 (laughs) dollars and i saw that it was streaming for 30 dollars and and i get that i could go to the theater and spend you know 10 bucks, 12 bucks, whatever it is nowadays to get into the theater to watch it Mm -hmm. um, and still have to pay for it. But the idea that you're paying for the app and then for a limited time, this is $30 before it becomes free on the app. Yeah. It was like, wow, it's really not compelling. It was like insulting. Yeah. And it's, and, uh, and I thought, you know, I'm, I'm interested in star Wars because I'm a good American. uh, And the Mandalorian season two is killer good. I thought, so, yeah. yeah, I want more. I think they're going to make the Obi-Wan series. I'd love to see that. So it's kind of like, you know, Paramount Plus. If uh, Star Trek's on there, I'm buying in for life. So they're giving me more of it. And I want to invest in it. But, you know, they're, that's my universe. So they're investing in me, hoping that I'll invest back in them. And I appreciate the investment, so I'm glad to make it. Um, Star Wars, you know, if they had that round the clock, I'd want to keep up with it. But... You know, in the cartoon world, it's not, it's not that important to me to take a pause on other things that I'd rather be watching. Oh, that's definitely... And, and that's kind of the issue these days, that yeah. there's always something... Like, something can be really great, but unless it's made just for me, why watch it? Yeah. Uh, because there's just so much out there. Um, really quick, I realized I had made an egregious error and did not mention one of my favorite actors, Alan Tudyk, who is <laughs> multiple actors and, you know, multiple voices in this. So he's got, of course, the Joker... Um, so big one and then calendar man which we mentioned and I hadn't remembered Um, so those are the two in this episode but he also does Clayface, Dr. Trap and Condiment King in later episodes and he's just he's got such a versatility to him Um, I was telling Riker here that um, you know he did Frozen he did Zootopia he does a lot of animated especially like he does a lot of voice acting but a lot of them are villains too so it's been <laughs> it's really fun he just has and he's in uh doom patrol as well as oh, right. the villain so and a lot of that is narration uh he's Kay- very compelling <laughs> i wanted to know that kaylee cuoco has two hbo shows oh yeah oh yeah because because yeah. the other one's flight attendant right so that's cool when when you see people you love getting a lot of work mm-hmm. uh, and more work uh that's that's nice you know you'd like you want to support them because you like them you like their brand yeah um and uh it's, pl- it's a pleasure to see your favorites staying employed yeah and staying off drugs <laughs> especially <laughs> that one yep <laughs> and staying rich and famous yeah good for them um well if you want to give us some support you can do so by liking us on facebook at pilots the podcast following us on instagram at pilots the plot podcast and uh risking your livelihood by going onto twitter if you dare at pilots the pod uh you can also write us an email 
pilotspodcast at gmail.com. That's pilotspodcast at gmail.com. You can call Shmi here on her cell phone. Uh, That's 8675309. Oh, thank goodness. I was getting nervous there. (laughs) I don't know your number. (laughs) I know. I kind of assumed that. I was like, I barely know Taylor's, so. (laughs) Uh, I think there's a five in it. Yeah, there is. Oh, wow. Playing the odds. Mm. You know, come on, guys. Guess Taylor's number. Go, go, go. <laughs> There's a five in it. Uh, and what else we got? Um, you oh, know, the website. Pilotspodcast.com. That's pilotspodcast.com. Pilotsthepodcast.com. And don't be afraid to use that search tool. Um, we have, you know, some of them we have recurring things like our every 10th episode. If you haven't been staying tuned and haven't been catching up, um, every 10th episode is a Star Trek episode. So, you know, we take a moment to really go backwards in time, you know, starting newest to oldest. And uh, Riker here is teaching a non-Trekkie mm-hmm. uh, what this world be like. Yeah, which I I feel like. It's going well. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad about that. And I was in one of the nerd groups on Facebook, uh, talking about um, when we shared Enterprise, mm-hmm. and I said this might, you know, make for a good method of getting your non-Trekkie people that you love into yeah. Star Trek. And then I had a couple comments like, "This is why I gave up being a Trekkie. It's so it's such a cult that you got to convert the heathen." It's like, "Yep, Super didn't say that. Like, there's plenty <laughs> of people that know a lot about Star Trek that don't know how to start with it." And we do shit like that or shit like the Farscape fans and make it totally inaccessible. So what's the method? Where do you start? Trekkies are such purists that they're going to want to say you start at the beginning and you yep. work through. Or mm-hmm. do you start at Enterprise and you work the way through? And I disagree with all that. I say you start with the Kelvin movies, the recent mm-hmm. movies with Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto because they're made for stupid people who hate science fiction. And then you work backward from there. Anyway, so all that to say, hey, guys, check out our catalog. Um, there's quite a bit in there. You know, we're, we're going on, gosh, what is this, our 38th episode. So, you know, we got we got a couple of things in there. Yeah. Something for everyone, I'd like to think. Uh, and if we don't have something in it for everyone yet, keep listening. Or make a suggestion. Oh, what do we thinking. have that, uh, you know, what could we be adding to this catalog that appeals directly to you? What TV was made for you? What's a genre that we maybe haven't touched on? Yeah, I don't know. Skinamax. Pass. That's a pass for me. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I don't. Mm, nope. <laughs> That's a no for me. Um <laughs> All right, well, I got to go feed the dog. (laughs) All right, sounds good. Thanks for coming. Talk to you all next week. I'm Riker. And I'm Shmi. And this is Pilots. 